What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome back, adventuring fans, to more League of Ultimate Questing. Real heroes, real conflict, and real entertainment. I'm Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. Joining me in the booth, as always, is League veteran and Renaissance orc, Stormclad Thundertongue. Storm, my friend, we're a few weeks into the season and things are really heating up. And I'm not just talking about the Nemerian volcanic elemental swarm we saw last week. <laughs> Else, I didn't even know you could get fourth degree burns. The only thing missing from that bonfire was marshmallows and weenies. And those Towerborn are going to be picking scabs for years. We've seen new teams giving it their all, old teams climbing the ranks, and even a few eliminations. And we're just getting started. Seems like no matter how many heroes we send out to battle evil tyrants or quell monster populations, there's always more to come. Hell, we got more quests than ever. Can't be that many dungeons left to explore. We're analyzing and announcing for what, two or three a week, but they just keep coming. I mean, do you think this is some kind of balance of nature playing out on a cosmic ballet? Or is this vast and incomprehensible plane truly evil at its core, and we're just struggling against the inevitable trend into darkness? Haha, <laughs> interesting theory, Storm. And speaking of natural balance, you can't beat the natural balance of flavors in Grapier Red the newest blended red wine from San Balearis. Forget the grog, real pirates drink the red stuff. Proud sponsors of the following adventures. This is the League of Ultimate Questing. So we find the mortal Don returned to their Lucinelli apartment above the fish refinery having left the village of Turilli in a somewhat state of disarray, but having fixed the problem. There was an illegal uh, drug trade happening from a criminal from Dornheim. The old professor from the island ensured you guys that he would focus his attention on finding a cure for the mutation. Since the threat was gone, you guys had did your job, and your quest was approved as successful for the League of Ultimate Questing. You took Woodrow back in a very quick manner, and have about five to six days of downtime waiting for your next quest to come in. Um, there is a new smell present in the apartment that is slowly getting more and more furnished. Whenever you guys are away, Maven invests in some new things like a mini bar or some nice artwork for the walls. It's now painted and has carpet in some of it. It's actually turning into a pretty cool little like studio apartment that is massive. Um, but there is now the smell of this massive hairy dog. Um, that has kind of pair bonded with Arvid in a sort of animalistic, lovey way. This giant puppy that is a dire mastiff the size of a small horse. One of the very shaggy, jowly kinds of mastiffs that's all floppy and adorable. And uh, he sleeps on Arvid's bed. Um, whether or not there's room for Arvid still is up for debate. <laughs> and he has currently been dubbed Morty, uh, the mortal dog. And uh, some fashion of mascot at the time being for the team, and we'll be following you around in the near future. Um, and at that, there was once again, it's me letting myself in. Click. Um, and Maven walks in. He's wearing a very fine, kind of crimson colored business suit. He still has his gray mask on. 
He says, well, funds are still on their way from the last quest. I'm making a little bit of investments, and you should have some more gold in your pocket soon. But I have this for you. Very big news. New job. And this one should be good for the PR, if I do say so myself. Official notice of League Quest. Rank novice. Quest giver. Tabletop game. Trademark. Quest location. Lucinelli Leon. Then Mazir Alcara. Isn't that like four different places? It's from one to the <laughs> next. It will begin here in Lucinilli, and you will be finished when you reach Alcara, the capital of Den Mazir. Contact the House of Spectator. Quest details. Meat and game shortage near Alcaran capital demand a delivery of su- uh, supplement meat to noble houses. Tabletop Game is sending a shipment of wild game as a gesture of goodwill to the Alcaran trade guilds. Quest parameters. Transport delivery of 12 cases of meat through the Alcaran desert to the capital of Den Mazir to be received by the House of the Spectator. Any product lost or damaged will be deducted from the reward total. Reward, 1,200 gold drachs. Like, I don't understand what the lizard man is saying. Can you explain me? Of course. Basically, there's a very large and famous meat company here in Lyonne called Tabletop Game. The Alcaran nobles have had a bit of a shortage of meat near the capital, and as a symbol of good faith between the merchant's guilds, between Lyonne and... Alcara, they decided to donate 12 large cases of some of their finest meats. You will be escorting it and protecting it through the Breathless Sands, which is a very large region of desert, which is unfortunate for you, Artyom. I apologize. But uh, if it arrives safely, you will get a very large payment, and you will have some favor with the Alcaran noble houses as well as Tabletop Game. Aren't the Alcarans the one that trapped their shipments to Leone? Once again, there's a lot of back and forth with the Alcaran trade with the Leonans, and this is why I think that the uh, tabletop game is trying to give a gesture of good faith, trying to smooth the waters and keep things running appropriately. That certainly doesn't sound like an answer. I'm not part of the merchant's guilds, but that's what they told me, and their money does exist, and I'm sure it's good. The cases, I have been informed, are sealed in magical crates, just minor enchantments, but they will stay cool and fresh even under the desert sun, so try not to open them or tamper with them, or the cost will come out of your total. If there's any preparations you need to do, um, please feel free to do so. But time is of the essence. It should take you about 10 to 12 days to get there through the desert. The escort quest. You will be given a wagon and two horses to pull it, as well as enough supplies to get you through the desert. And with that, we cut to a scene out in the blazing sun and the white sands of the Alcaran Desert. A small wagon creeps along, pulled by two desert horses, uh, the mortal dawn, all around it and upon it, um, a large dog, <laughs> just sweaty and jowly, hobbling along beside it. Um, so you are three days into your ten-day journey to the capital. What has the mortal dawn been doing while enjoying this luxurious trip through a 108-degree desert? Dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the love of your god is very strong for this week. I, uh, I'm probably spending a significant portion of my time just sitting on the wagon in mm-hmm. the sun, like, as naked as I can get without upsetting people. <laughs> Perfect. Not a lot of people around here to uh, distract. You do pass by a couple of very small trade villages on the way into the desert, like the last hobble of society before you go out into the Breathless Sands. It's actually kind of a feather in the cap to sort of journey from one end to the other. But I do wear my sunglasses the entire time. <laughs> of course. Even at night. Even at night. <laughs> uh, the whole time, M- Morty's trying to like take Arvid and play instead of do the journey. I just 
<laughs> Get slobbery. I'm disappointed that our dog has a name. Otherwise, we'd be through the desert with a dog with no name. Nice. Oh. <laughs> well, neither of the horses at this point have been given. Good. There we go. <laughs> you get one more song reference. Okay. One. <laughs> uh, Chris, you're probably fairly comfortable in this climate. This is how you were raised. Uh, yeah, but uh, Chris is actually very uncomfortable right now. Um, he's kind of pacing back and forth and just like playing with his hair a lot. Like, just mm. like deeply uncomfortable visibly would you say that Chris was born this way that's it <laughs> okay <laughs> and just we're get him. done i had to i had to use guys. it up right away <laughs> get him out of the way early um so yeah Chris is visibly just kind of distracted and walking along the side of the wagon frequently keeping away from the group a little bit um but again there's not a lot to talk about and uh the way that the road is navigated through the desert where there's obviously no cobblestones or streets or anything there are large wooden poles that are erected every 40, 50 miles. Um, and they're usually pretty visible from a great distance because they have a red flag on top of them. And if you get to the base of them, you can see an arrow, which will kind of guide you back towards the capital. So as long as you stay within sight of these large poles, uh, it's usually not that hard to not get lost in the desert. And there's no predictions you've heard of any kind of desert storm or anything coming up. So it should be hot, but easy traveling. Mm. And uh, at that, you are approaching what looks like in the distance, the next of these poles. Um, always a comforting sight when it comes back into view you realize you're still on the right track and you're not going to get lost in the fucking desert um <laughs> but yeah the supplies have been fine you guys have barrels of water so you're staying hydrated and there's pretty adequate rations um 23 19 16 for her uh, 15 and i'm also just going to add in because it can be part of the uh, the introduction as we do uh this time for this chapter we will be playing a module that i published called the cult of the ma so all of the contents of this adventure will be available um, we can have more information on that on the page, but hopefully you guys like it and uh, enjoy that I have published it for you to all purchase and enjoy as well. So you all did pretty darn good. Everyone is aware that even at this distance and how the things in the distance get a little bit shimmery, uh, you're all aware that there is what looks like a flipped over wagon near the base of the upcoming uh, navigation pole. And uh, as you get closer, Arvid, you become aware first uh, that it looks like it was forcibly flipped over. There's damage done to it. One of the wheels has completely broken off um, there's no sign of any horses around it, and it looks like something big probably impacted the side of it, causing it to tip over. Um, my friends, perhaps we should get into a defensive position and have one person go look and see what's happened over there. Haruthax will um, invoke their Armor of Shadows ability seeing this, but um, because we're in a desert and it's super bright, I imagine it actually takes like some work. Like There's a couple like snaps mm -hmm. and, and like eventually like has to like sort of move into the shadow of the wagon yeah, exactly. to actually get some shadow to, to form into their armor before they can move away. So all my gear is on my jacket. Mm -hmm. I don't have any other clothes, so I just stand up and pull my jacket on and buckle it, and that's sure. just buckle complete, on. I'm completely naked except my like small clothes. I just stand up, jacket on. Okay. So now it's like an armored bathrobe. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But sword belt is on, and you guys are probably still a good 50, 60 feet away from the pole. Would anyone like to approach? I think I should stay with the wagon. I'll hop down and walk up. Okay. Um, so you get to make me another perception check as you approach the wagon. Um, I will cast Guidance on Artyom. Oh, that's a big fat 10. <laughs> big fat 10. What you notice as you approach is that it looks like there's a... Yeah, you're focusing your sunglasses and just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Glaring in the light. You notice a pair of legs sticking out from under the wagon, look seemingly pinned underneath it. Uh, they're wearing like a fine set of stockings and very fine women's shoes, like high-heeled, almost like noble artisan style, like very fancy. 
I will quickly use Spare the Dying just in case whoever's there is not, you know, dead already. <laughs> Certainly. And as you reach out and seize Carpe Leg, um, <laughs> <laughs> immediately it starts to kick and pulls itself under the wagon. And uh, you jump back as the wagon in one whole piece flips over, kicking a bunch of sand and dust into the air. Uh, blinding everyone for just a moment. It's a wagon mimic. Terrifying. Um, And as you see the sand start to settle and the wagon topple into a somewhat upright position, you see a group of figures emerge from underneath it, all wearing this kind of sleek, grayish-black leather armor with uh, face masks. And the one standing in the front has a shock of blonde mohawk, like, going down the back of his head. And he's wearing fishnets and women's shoes. Oh, my God, I love it! Uh, Which... Adds a degree of interesting nature to his threat as he pulls out this curved blade and says, Bad luck for you. We are the Midnight Vipers, and I am Dazir. As he's talking, I'm just going to try and shoot him with my crossbow. All right. Uh, well, let's roll initiative, I suppose. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> as I look at this fishnet-wearing person, I look at Chris and go, Friend of yours? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So it's going to begin with one singular shot um, from RTM, from his hand crossbow. Wicked. Oh, shit. I'm at disadvantage. (laughs) You are at disadvantage. The sand doesn't help either. That's plus five, so ten. Again, it was a spur of the moment, like hip shot. Um, And this figure does this kind of crazy, like, quick back bend to get out of the way. We'll find them. Boys, kill them. You threaten me. You pull out the weapon. Come on, it's hot. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, I will set up the board. So Artyom misses his crossbow shot at Dalazir the Midnight Viper, and the group is now aware that this is a combat situation as these desert brigands have drawn weapons at the ready to attack your group. Herathax, you respond to the first. I wish I had fireball, because I would just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't we all? Up. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just going to just open things up by mind spiking the uh, fishnet dude. Okay. So he seems like the leader, and we're just going to cripple him with psychic You're not going to bless me? You're going <laughs> to leave me standing there facing four guys? Or five guys? So let's talk about Mind Spike. Uh, yeah. Um, so Haruthax will... What would Mind Spike even look like? I think Haruthax's eyes will flare. Just this low rumble. This like psychic rumble will kind of echo out in Haruthax's patron's voice. Um, just whispering nothing and just dig into this person's brain. What am I rolling here? You are rolling a wisdom save. Okay. I got a 19, a total of 20. That would be a success. So you all just audibly hear this kind of whisper on the desert winds, this, The weak will perish. Nice. So I am rolling uh, psychic damage. They take half because they passed. Understood. Uh, that is 8, 11, 16 points of psychic damage, but halved to 8. Very nice. And Dalazir visibly grabs his head and shrieks a little bit at this unknown pain. Uh, Arvid, you are the next in line. I'm going to turn to Morty and, and say, stay here and protect the wagon. No, noting that animals passively understand me. This isn't just a dog command. Um, Certainly. Uh, and then I'm going to make as much way there as I can. Mm-hmm. That's as close as I get. Okay, if you want, you can double move and close the gap, but not attack this turn. Cannot rage if I double move. Um, I should just go that far and rage. Okay, so you make it that far, get your weapon out, and then... And Morty gives you an adorable like head tilt, like... <laughs> but seems to get the gist. That will be their turn. The one on the far left is going to take a shot at the very large Fearbolg charging through the desert uh, with their crossbow. Um, very intimidating sight. Coming at you with... 
a 12. That's a miss. And the next one over is going to return fire at Artyom with his crossbow. And that is also a miss. So that bandit misses Artyom quite horribly. And the two with daggers are going to move up to close combat with you. Um, real quick, roll me a perception check, Artyom. Can do. I don't know why my rolls are such dog shit right now. Uh, seven. All right. Um, so they both pull these uh, daggers out of these kind of snake-shaped hilts on their belts. And they come at you. Um, yeah, that's uh, two misses. <laughs> As you just kind of parry with your crossbow a couple of them, the other one just swings wide. Um, Dalazir looks like he panics just a moment and leaps behind the wagon to take complete cover. And that is the Midnight Viper's turn. That makes it Artyom. So as they're walking up to me, mm -hmm. so I fire the shot at him. He's like, well, fine then. The whole time I'm locking eyes with him. Mm -hmm. I don't break contact even as his his friends come at me and try to swing it with me with melee. And Certainly. I just parry their shit, keep looking at him. Yeah. And all the while, you can kind of see the, the sunlight kind of gleaming brighter and brighter and brighter off of me. Burn. And then I just channel divinity with Radiance of Dawn. Oh, cool. And that's the what's the area effect on that one? 30 feet. Um, so they're all going to make deck saves. Yep. All right. Oh, it's constitution. Constitution saves. Okay. Fail. A fail. Oh, and fail. Stun down or die. So that would be a big, sexy 16 damage. Wowzers. So the four uh, bandits that are in front of the wagon all just have, like, these burn marks, like, blasted against them. And their cloaks, like, fly back as the sunlight blinds them looking just like singed and they all look incredibly damaged like smoke billowing off of their uh, leather armor and you hear a, a cry from behind the wagon he's out of line of sight right now but clearly he still got hit by some of that light um, as Dalazir lets out a shriek give the call to stand down or I will kill your friends and then you and that makes it Chris's turn unless you want to move or do anything else let me check my bonus actions real quick just mm -hmm. in case yeah, I'll shield a fate. Okay, so the sunlight that kind of flashes off of you kind of pulls back and forms a glowing energy shield around you. Oh, that's too cool. Christ, that makes it your turn. So uh, Christ is very uh, stunned by this sudden combat and uh, being very stressed out from before, he begins to unintentionally reverberate. Mm. Uh, and with that comes this like rhythmic, almost like panic growing. Mm. So uh, with that, Christ starts screaming rhythmically and casting shatter okay and lets out the dirtiest bass drop <laughs> yes uh where would you like to center your shatter i would like to center it uh around the people near artium and Definitely. hopefully one of the crossbowmen yeah it looks like you can hit the four bandits in front of the wagon but yes. not dalazir yes i would like to do that uh okay. so that will be a constitution saving throw rogues best saves yes and it's a 3d8 plus 3. Yeah, this is bad for them. Okay, so I've got a success from one crossbowman and the dude with the daggers. And the two failures from the other two, obviously. Yeah. 13. 13. 13, okay. So the crossbowman in front of the wooden pillar falls over. The crossbowman family is pretty big. Yeah, I know, they get around. <laughs> and uh, the, the young roguish woman in front of uh, Artyom also falls over, having her just skull slightly cracked and her bones shattered by this immense bass drop from from Christ and the sand just like shoots there's like a little divot in the sand from where the sonic energy filled out and the pole is just like wobbling back and forth I would go to this concert and that brings us back to Herathax what Ooh. would you like to do um I will I think I'll just toll the dead on the other crossbowman mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so he needs to make a wisdom save 
I got an 11. All right, that is a fail. Mm-hmm. So this this like unearthly bell just kind of chimes after after his after Chris's bass drop. <laughs> there's this like like hell's bells just death knell ringing out across the sand in this wave that just kind of sweeps across this dude. Have you ever been on a dune before? Have like a really big dune? I've been to the one in Pacific City, the giant one that you climb all the way up. When they shift, they sound you they make a sound, this loud, oh deep, bassy resonation. It's insane. Like when you're standing on them you can hear them like suddenly go, Ooh, that's a thing? That's yeah. awesome. It's super radical. Alright, so I know some people that do that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna take ten points of necrotic damage. Oh yeah, he was already like on his knees from the sonic energy and you guys are just a fucking noisy combat group. Yeah. <laughs> you make a lot of noise and light. You're just flashy as all get I'm up. I'm just scared that there's some like massive sandworm that's like what's all this? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah tremor sense right now is just is just <laughs> Would you like to move or stay at the wagon? Uh I think Hervax will stay at the wagon. Okay. We're uh, good. Arvid. There is one within charging distance. You no. couldn't quite make it to Dalazir. He's hidden behind the wagon, and that's a little further than your range. Are you saying these guys are, are done? Yeah. They, they have been knocked the fuck out with a bunch of big magic. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They, got, they got jacked. They basically got lit on fire and thrown into a subwoofer and then shaken around <laughs> like a cocktail. <laughs> are you sure I couldn't reach him? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Okay. Um, well, all right. I guess I'll redirect to, to this fella here. Okay. And you're going to move up to him? It's the name of the cocktail, a sonic screwdriver. Oh, Thank my you. God. Oh, my <laughs> God. My life is complete. Yeah. So I'll redirect and go after that last dagger boy. Sure. With the big sword? Yeah. Okay. And um, just do a reckless attack when I reach him. Oh, hell yes. So that's 2d20 plus 5. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, never mind. What is it? <laughs> two misses. Two twos. Oh. Ooh. Double twos. So Dude, you like? How do you do that? I was ah. gonna say, yeah, Arvid with 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 his trademark doubles on the advantage. <laughs> Always. So you like run into the sand, and it's been bombarded by so much like heat and sonic energy that it's like both glassy and sinky, and your feet just kind of slip up and swing really wide. So that makes it the enemy's turn. Uh, the one with the dagger is going to attempt to retaliate against Arvid, who seems to be the most off-kilter opponent at this point. Um, and he's going to use his uh, Dagger. And that's a fucking miss. <laughs> this is impressive. Because they cannot do a Jack Diddly. These guys need to go home and rethink their lives. <laughs> and uh, you see just like a small shimmery flash from behind the flipped wagon. And that's the end of their turn. Uh, Artyom. Okay. I would provoke an attack of opportunity if I try to move towards the dude, right? He's adjacent to you, yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just going to calmly walk through Arvid in between the two of them to just <laughs> carefully and calmly walk towards the, the other guy. Okay. And I'll use Warding Flare on his attack. So he will make his attack of opportunity. He has disadvantage from the Warding Flare, and I still hit because I oh, rolled nice. a 17, 19. Hey, they finally hit one thing. Wait, 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 wait. 17? Oh, that's what I rolled. That's without any bonuses. Oh, shit. So okay. they're both over 20. I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. 11. 11. All right. Um, so you're going to take three, four points of piercing damage and five points of poison damage. Okay. As you feel a, it's not a familiar poison, but you recognize it as poison, uh, cut on into you. Yes. And as you round the wagon, um, you see where there was that little flash of energy. Dalazir has just vanished. (gasps) No. Uh, Go ahead and roll me a perception check, though. 16. 16. All right. You can tell that he has not, like, magically teleported. He is just completely invisible and has run really fast. And you're trying to, like, pinpoint, like, I know you're still here, but where the fuck are you? Does he, has he made marks in the sand? Very lightly. Okay. 
Um, could I use Guiding Bolt in the place where I'm pretty sure he is? You can certainly try. Um, we'll be at disadvantage, obviously, because he's invisible. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Cool. I'm going to do it. Do There's it. reason not to. Hey. Uh, fucking Lord. Yeah, so it's a nine. Yeah, that doesn't hit, unfortunately. I mean, you're shooting at an invisible target, so no one's going to hold that against you. Um, but yeah, it blasts out into the sand. And uh, at that point, I need everyone to roll me a group perception check altogether. Nine. Eleven. Fifteen. Okay. Thirteen. All right. Um, and you all um, become aware in one degree or another, some of you faster than others, uh, that it looks like the, uh, especially you as you like shoot out into the distance with this amazing like god laser, um, <laughs> that it looks like off in the distance, maybe like 80 to 100 feet, um, there are stones that are rising up out of the sand and the sand under your guys' feet starts to like just gently shift and sway and start to like sink inward. And uh, we are going to enter a skill challenge. You ever wander through the breathless sand, Skip? No, Storm. I'm pretty sure I've never been there. Good. Don't. You'd remember if you had. It's hotter than a salamander's taint and drier than my grandma's soda bread. Sorry, Nam Nam. If the scorpions, sandstorms, and sinkholes don't get you, you'll wish you were dead by the time the dehydration sets in. I'd have sucked a thimble of sweat off an ogre's back. You've really done it all, haven't you, Storm? Well, not everything. And that's probably why I'm still here. Either way, it's a rough stretch of terrain to send a novice rank team through. If they make it out of this one, it'll be a real notch in their belts. I <laughs> just hope they brought sunscreen. <laughs> On tonight's unbelievable episode. Dermon, have a seat. Garena, Elsewise, Travis, why are you all here? This is an intervention. Well, that's a 10th level ability. Not that kind. The first step to getting better is admitting that you have a problem. Listen, Durnum, you're never going to need that orc jawbone you picked up at level one. Or any of the other weird body parts you picked up off all those monsters. I might. Another heart-wrenching episode of Dungeon Hoarders. You have a problem picking up anything that gets described, or you think is neat. What if our DM makes us start tracking carrying capacity? We have a bag of holding. It's full. Your inventory list is longer than your background story. Feel the emotion. Peer into the troubled mind. I know I have a problem. I'm sorry. I just thought they might come in handy someday. They never did. Join us tonight for Dungeon Orders. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I bet you have a set of dice that you love, or a set of cards you play opponents into submission with. Maybe even a character so full of heroic feats that you want them immortalized forever. Get something of heirloom quality to put them in. Item Woodworks makes handcrafted boxes, trays, dungeons, and tokens for your cherished items. Use them during the play of your favorite games, or as a unique display piece you can enjoy when your items are at home, ready for their next epic adventure. At Item Woodworks, they don't use laser printers or computer-programmed machines like other game wood companies. They use hand tools because hands have souls, just like your dice, your cards, and your character. 
They also used reclaimed wood, keeping useful materials out of the garbage. Each piece is designed with a theatrical flair to make your tablemates jealous of your epicness. Head to itemwoodworks.com, that's I-T-E-M woodworks.com. And when you order, use the code LEAGUERULES to get free shipping anytime in 2019. That's L-E-A-G-U-E-R-U-L-E-S. Item Woodworks. Handmade objects ready to be legendary. Live from Danmere, it's Questing Knights Live! Starring your favorite noble knights, Sir Gavin of Longhall, Sir Dexio the Kind, Sir Andrenar the Seeker of Candor, Sir William the Redmaned, Sir Corvier who treads in darkest shadow, Sir Francis, wielder of the Seventh Spear, forged from the Everstone and lighter of the God's Wall Beacon, Sir Damien the Elk Rider, Sir Haxian Fairview Wildenhall of Servitors Arcanus. Live performances by Thrashbash Slashgash and the Chainmail Dancers. And your host, Tony. Join us Saturday nights for Questing Nights Live on the Nexus Enterprise. Uh, we're going to keep the same initiative as we had. Um, I'm just going to pull the enemy card out because this is on the four of y'all. So the mechanics of the skill challenge are as usual. The goal is to get out of this situation, whatever it is, to the best of your ability. The sand is slowly sinking in under your feet, and these huge stone jagged pillars are shooting up far off in the distance. Um, may I begin the skill challenge by casting Bless on everyone? You can. Um, the mechanics are not going to be adding the d4s to the rolls, but you can make it a success for the group by using your magic to boon the group. So that'll be a mechanical success, okay. but not the d4. Makes sense. Okay. So I'm just rolling Arcana? Yes, correct. Okay. 13. 13 is enough. Whew. Um, so the group is washed over by, you feel this familiar kind of like survival instinct magic that kind of emanates from Harithax, boosting all of your awareness and your keen senses. Next up is Arvid. Okay, I'm going to use an athletics check to get back to the the merchandise as mm-hmm. quickly as possible. Um, Perfect. I just remembered we have merchandise we're supposed to be guarding. It's the first time this combat. Ten. Ten is not quite enough. Once again, in the sinky slippiness of the sand, you turn to start going back. And you're making some progress, but you're actually, like, sinking quite deeply. You think that uh, it's going to be centered right around where you're at. So that is one failure for the group as Arvid starts to move real sluggishly. Uh, next up in the skill challenge is Artyom. I'm going to kind of reach out with my faith and mm-hmm. kind of beg beg Bren for some kind of visual guidance to take away the glare, help us help us to see, help mm. us to understand. Uh, I'm going to do knowledge, religion, or intel, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, religion check. <laughs> Fuck. Fucking dude, I am getting the shittiest fucking rolls right now. Seven. No one's rolling super good. I would like to note that out of all five bandits, I hit once. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you are actually um, trying to tune in with the familiar divine energy of your sunlight, which you feel at all times, especially out here in the desert. But you can feel some kind of darker presence that's starting to uh, start to seize your connection to your God and just interfere Um, something very dark and very confusing is nearby. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Christ. Um, 
I believe Christ would like to cast Chromatic Orb in mm-hmm. an attempt to try to create some kind of uh, uh, stairs, pathway, road, what have you, so we can get out. I see. Well, you could use your, you could invoke it as a fire magic to kind of glass up some of the slippy sand. Yes. I'm, I'm totally down with that. So go. that's going to be an arcana check for you. Okay. That is a 14. That's a success. Yes. <laughs> um, so you hold out your left hand and the embedded diamond begins glowing with fiery energy. And with just like a wash of your hand, you create this kind of swath of hardened glassy. And it is slowly like cracking and starting to get sunk in. But there is somewhat of a path people can move upon to help get to where you need to go. At the top is a Harothax once again. How are our horses faring? They are freaking the fuck out. All right. I'm going to try and use. Um... No, they're chill. <laughs> just like nah. I'm gonna attempt an animal handling. Nice. Not a great skill for me, but I'm gonna try and calm the horses down so that they don't like pull the whole cart away or down with them. That's awesome. I like that very much. I have a plus one. Ooh, that's a three total. Oh no! Well, <laughs> your instinct is good because the horses are indeed starting to freak out, and I should sort of recap at the top of the round that like the sand is now starting to visibly sink to a central point, and the pillars are beginning to rise up farther and farther. And yeah, the wagon, its wheels are beginning to slowly like sink into the sand. The horses are kind of up to their knees in a bit of a panic, and you reach out to you know try to calm them and grab them, but seeing you, this is like big black scaly monster, they just kind of freak out a bit more, and now the wagon is starting to jostle back and forth as they are in a bit more of a panic and that will bring us to arvid you now have more of a crystalline path to walk upon all right i'm going to use survival to attempt to uh you know get get my hand on the terrain you know think think more about the the world around me as i'm trying to run Mm -hmm. and still trying to get to them horses perfect 13 13 is just enough Um, So while this is not your familiar terrain, you have kind of a connection with nature itself. And you start to kind of write your position, being like, okay, this is how I move through the sand. And you start, like, making huge leaps instead of trying to use your feet to dig away, covering as much ground as you can. And you do, in fact, make it most of the way back to the wagon as it's starting to slowly capsize and sink at an angle. And that is a success for the group. Uh, That makes it Artyom. In response to the the total lack of like immediate and effective connection to my god I'll be like fine I'll look for it myself uh, I use uh, perception to try and like get an idea of like maybe if some parts are shifting faster some are slower mm-hmm. and if maybe there's a direction we can push to try and get safe gotcha hey a good roll 17 awesome or 16 so you're using your perception to view the stones that are surrounding your group at the great distance and kind of pinpoint where you think the center of whatever this strange event is and you realize that it's not that far from where the wagon is so you are perceiving that it looks like if everyone could can join in on where the wagon is it would give extra support and you could actually get up on it so whatever is happening you may not maybe you can stay on top of the wagon as it sinks or something or be near it just standing in it you think you'll just get buried and swallowed by sand the tabletop game is most important nothing is more important than the tabletop game <laughs> and i run to the carrier under the wagon all right, so you and Arvid are both making a bunch of progress, heaving and huffing your way through the sand back, and the group is starting to coalesce around this sinking wagon as the horses are bucking and winning. <laughs> and, and Marty's like... <laughs> just freaking out in giant puppy fashion. Uh, and that makes it Christ. Uh Christ will take a minute to breathe, kind of get a, get a bit better bearing of the situation, and uh, would like to try to persuade the, the animals in the way that he's looking at them showing them that he's scared too but he's calm uh that everything's okay and we're gonna get out of this perfect so it's a persuasion check versus the animals which is usually called animal handling but chris is so goddamn charming that even the horses can't say no 
using a bit of luck. Mm. Okay. Then that is a 13 total. Which is exactly enough. <laughs> uh, yes. So there's this moment where using your like, just like your crystalline blue eyes, you lock eyes with the dark brown hazelnut of these two horses and they just kind of stare into you. It's not so much that you're like taming them as an animal would, but you're causing this kind of charismatic energy to wash over them. They're just fascinated by you and not focusing on the terrible sinking sand underneath them. In the top of the round, everyone has collected around the wagon and is indeed beginning to sink. These pillars that are rising up have begun accelerating dramatically. They're now almost forming a dome over the top of you. Their points are starting to collect at where the sun is over your head, casting shadows down over where you are, huge ribbons of dark against the white sand, and the little beams of sunlight just shooting through. And the top of the round is Harothax. All right, um, seeing Artyom and Arvid trying to kind of run their way back across the quicksand, I want to use my survival skill to be like... Um, if you can increase your surface area, you will not sink as quickly. Very good. So go ahead and roll me a survival check to guide the party. Give them quicksand navigation tips. Mm-hmm. I roll another two. Plus three is five. Real. Just hot. Hot wow. rolls here. Uh, we are now at four failures and five successes for the listeners. It's neck and neck. This does make up for how well we did in that fight. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the Survivatron and the other skill challenges, <laughs> the, the Hall of Chaos. <laughs> yes, indeed. So next up is Arvid. It sounded like it's uh, starting to get to a place where we cannot uh, escape whatever thing is closing over us. Correct. Definitely can't. Does not look like it. It's like don't a hun- even bother perceiving. The goal is to on that. is to deal with the sinking as best as the group okay. can. Um, well, I think I should. I don't know. Maybe I should calm the dog. Get the dog on the wagon. Mm-hmm. I don't want. I'm I'm responsible for him, right? He's your baby. He's my baby. Okay. Um. So we'll use animal animal handling on him. Finally, it's a 22. Wow. So uh, not only do you kind of like get Morty up onto the wagon, but you're also like, you're so large that you're like pulling Morty on the wagon while grabbing the reins of the horses. And you're now like up on top of it, laying flat with the dog and keeping the horses in check now that they're calm and looking into the eyes of Christ. That makes it Artyom's turn. Cool beans. There's another presence here. Something I can feel. Yes. I'm going to reach out to it and try to understand what it wants from us. Insight. Very much so. Dog shit. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you advantage on that one. Put those dice okay. in dice jail. <laughs> Barely better. Right now. That was a six and then eleven. a seven. So your total is eleven. Um you get one singular emotion that is just confusing. It's not like you're connecting with any kind of intense intelligence. You're not tuning into some frequency. All you sense is this amazing hunger. Something you know yourself from your own background, but more than you could ever experience. And it, it jars you so much that it actually, like, dazes your thoughts. It's all you can experience, and you're actually distracted from the rest of the group. You're still neck and neck, exactly the same, right? Mm. I think we have one more success than fail. <sighs> yep. And that makes it Christ's turn. Don't fuck it up. Thanks. No <laughs> pressure. Um, uh, now that Christ is more calm... Um, he he's going to try to attune with the whatever is going on. Like maybe it's an elemental force. So Chris is going to do an elemental insight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just did insight, but you can use your arcana to tune in with the elemental stuff. Then yes, let's do that arcana. Uh, with a little bit of luck. Use your luck. <laughs> I'm going to just use a different die because that was bad. That was a two. Arcana. Uh, that's twelve. Unfortunately, <gasps> oh. not quite enough. 
Um, what happens is you send out your normal, just like this sonic energy that kind of exists within you. And you're sensing like, what are these stones? Like, are we going into a building or something? And as like, you're used to the reverberation of things like stone and that you realize that these are organic. Um, and with that, the group, uh, together on the wagon, both all experiencing several different kinds of fear and physical shaking. You feel the earth fall away from under your feet and the light of the sun is snuffed. You're no longer standing in the sand. You are falling. The crushing of wood and tumbling of stone is deafening and you are consumed by the darkness. And that is where we'll wrap up this episode. Uh, how does everyone feel about that? So we failed the did skill we, challenge. Did we fail? It was a tie. It was oh. a tie. Mm-hmm. And okay. we will go into how that works next time. Presenting Descendant of Leon the First, wearer of the ivory crown, son of Mackinar, and your ruling lord, King Gerard Anselm Almsor the First. People of Inlakes, children of Leone, I speak to you this day as your servant. Time and time again, a familiar fear casts its shadow from the north. In this shadow, we seek some kind of foe, obscured by darkness. We dissect and analyze that which creates darkness, and look for evidence of a spark. A spark that by its very nature will ignite the fires of war. It is our nature to seek answers. We would not have risen to the heights we stand today without the pursuit of knowledge. But even the wisest of us must remember that shadows are simply tricks of the light. There has long been tension between our homeland and our neighbors to the north. The five kingdoms are a family, broken in places, distant at times. But what kind of family exists without tension? An occasional rivalry. It is in the spirit of rivalry that we often improve ourselves. There is no war brewing with Alcara. We are not gathered here today to cast blame and reach for our blades. There have been mistakes made by important members of leadership on both sides of the border. Trade issues have harmed some, taken business from others, and planted new seeds of aggression. We must not nurture this fear and anger. We must not harvest this crop of violence. We must turn out these seeds of doubt and make of this field what we wish. We will grow hope. We will harvest unity. Queen Mionala is not some dark empress. Their ways are not like ours, true. But she is a caring leader and a highly respectable political figure. Many times at council we have butt heads like young goats learning to test their horns, but we have the same goal, to watch our kingdoms flourish. I ask you on this day to cast aside your prejudice, look past the shadows and see the sun shining from behind. We will double our efforts to repair trade with our neighbors to the north. In their time of need, we will be ready to lend them aid as they have done for us in the past. Violence as a result of some sleeping prejudice will be answered with punishment in my kingdom. We are all children of Sigmus. We are all children of Mackinac. 
There have been five kingdoms since the dawn of our age, and there will be five kingdoms at its rest. We will not turn this garden of humanity's dreams into a battlefield. Thank you, people of Inlakes. Sigmus bless you as you walk in the light. Well spoken, my liege. One must learn to hold up a bright light with one hand while drawing a blade with the other. Ready my war council. I will not be caught off guard when the fire is lit. Hey everybody, it's Law. And Zach. And we want to thank all of the fans and followers we've gotten thus far. All of your support and kind reviews have been extremely inspirational to us. And the best thing you can do if you want to see us keep growing as a podcast is share the information with your friends. Word of mouth is so huge for a project like this. I also want to thank everybody who has made this podcast possible. Sam Frost playing Arvid, Alante Barakat playing Chris, Michael Loving playing Harithax, and Law, most of all, our amazing GM and fantastic content creator. They make doing this every week an absolute delight. And I want to throw in a big thank you to Zach. He's been in charge of production and editing. It's a ton of work, and I'm really glad that he's on top of it because he has been killing it. And don't forget that you can catch us wherever podcasts are available. You can also follow our social media on Facebook or at Slap the Dash on Twitter, where you can get updates on our newest episodes every Monday and hot, fresh new content on Friday, courtesy of Law. But until next time, we wish you luck.